Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. 97.1 FM Talk. This is going to be a short segment because we have a lot going this hour, and I don't want to take up too much basically promoting the rest of the hour. But that's what I'm doing here. I'm going to tell you that Carol Baskin's coming up. Yep, we're replaying that interview. If you love Tiger King or you just remember Tiger King, I, I was like, well, whatever, sure. Let's do that. Uh, so we'll replay that. It was a lot of fun talking to Carol Baskin. She drops all the major lines. She calls me cool cat and kitten the very beginning of the interview. It's pretty much a career highlight. I don't know how we're going to beat that. That's pretty sad. Uh, but coming up in the next segment, let's go through the worst moments from Joe Biden of the year. Okay? This is the worst moments from Joe Biden 2022. And I've got a whole list of 10, maybe even more here that I'm going to try to run through. A lot of them do have sound. Some of them don't. But I'm going to play all of that for you. Number one... Most of these come from the Federalist. I've added in a couple of things here, too. Uh, But number one is one that I feel like is not really fair to criticize him for, but it makes the list simply because it's this time of year. This was Joe Biden sharing his thoughts for the coming year, which was 2022. There's a lot of reason to be hopeful in 2020. That's all. That's all. I mean, there's a couple of these that I don't think are even fair, but they made the list, and that's where we'll start. There's a lot of reasons to be hopeful in 2020, says Joe Biden at the beginning of 2022. Are we in for another one of those in 2023? I guess we'll see, because he did that on January 4th, so that's still ahead. All right, that's number one. We'll get that one out of the way. The number two worst Biden moment of the year is one that I actually think he uh, got a little bit more criticism than he deserved on this. So I disagree with certain aspects of this list. We'll get to the ones that we all agree with here in a second. Don't worry. Uh, But number two is Biden cusses out Fox journalist on a hot mic. Uh, you remember this, probably a hot mic caught Biden calling Fox News' Peter Ducey a stupid son of a blank during a White House photo op in January. I can't believe that was that long ago. I didn't think that was January. It's almost a year ago. Peter Ducey yelled out a question. Do you think inflation's a political liability in the midterms? Biden answered, which I thought was actually pretty funny. No, it's a great asset. More inflation. <laughs> and then he added, what a stupid son of a blank. I got to admit, flip the script here, and if that was uh, somebody yelling that question under the same circumstance at Trump or DeSantis or something, and they said that, I would be like, "Eh, that's actually a pretty good answer. So I don't know if that's the worst, but it's memorable for sure. Um, Number three, I do have a clip for, and I'm going to play this because it is one that... uh, (laughs) 
you wonder if he's got full control of his faculties. And when he says something like this, if this were a different president, you'd go, well, actually, maybe there's something to that because you kind of agree with it. But when it's Biden, you go, man, are you sure we should have you up there talking about this? For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. So right after the Ukraine war started, he basically said that uh, he and Lindsey Graham both said, this guy needs to be taken out. He needs to be assassinated or removed from power, whatever you want to call it. And so you wonder if Biden knew what he was saying there, if he was just speaking off the cuff. And when he speaks off the cuff, you go, eh, I don't know. Uh, number four is repeat the line. Now, this is one that you go, okay, yeah, this, this is showing the, the classic Biden gaffe here. When he says, and I've cut this down a little bit from its full context, but he, he's rambling a little bit about the role of women and abortion uh, in July when he's speaking about this. Here you go. And the percentage of the men who do so, end of quote. Repeat the line. Women are not without electoral and or political, or, or maybe precise, not and or, or political power. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of just nutty stuff going on in there. But the line that made the news and the line that's worth repeating is when he says, repeat the line, because it's written as a direction to him, and he just reads it off the teleprompter. If that was the one, it was a one time he did that, no big deal. But he does that stuff so often, as highlighted in this list. The top 10 worst moments of Biden 2022. Number five we're on now. We're counting upward, too. So uh, this isn't like worst to best. Biden falsely claims he had cancer. I admit, I don't really remember this clip. But upon hearing it, this might be one of the worst of the year. It's, it's, it's up there for sure. Listen to this clip. And because it was a four-lane highway that was accessible, my mother drove us, and rather than us be able to walk. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening. You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why can't for the longest time Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. Okay, you're doing the same thing I am right now, which is going, what? This was a speech about climate change and fossil fuels in Massachusetts in July. He claims that he had cancer, which he didn't. And people went immediately, they go, oh, did he actually just slip up? And does he have cancer right now? And he, you know, they told him, don't tell anybody. And he just slipped and said it. Well, apparently not. He did not have cancer, nor has he ever had cancer that we know of. I mean, if he did, then that's also a story. But he slips and goes, that's why so many darn, I'll clean it up, many other people I grew up with have cancer. And, you know, he says he has cancer. But other quotes in there like, his mom driving on a four-lane highway using the windshield wipers to literally get the oil slicks off the window, and that's why I have cancer. No idea how he's connecting these dots. I think overall what he's trying to communicate is that climate is climate change is bad because it's caused by fossil fuels and fossil fuel usage hurts the climate, which leads to cancer. I, I, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure, but that's what I think. Number six, worst Biden moments of 2022. During a trip to the Middle East in July, Biden mixed up the words selfish and selfless 
at a very, very inconvenient time. Now, you give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Clearly, he wasn't trying to say this, but ye, bad slip up. Here it is. We'll always honor the bravery and selfishness, selflessness of the and sacrifices of the Americans who serve. Yeah, the uh, selfishness of Americans who serve. Uh, the only clip I could find was one with the music on it, but um, it's 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 clearly just a mess up. <clears throat> and those are the kind of things I think you go, you know, give the guy a break, but he just does them so so often. So number seven is Biden calling the Holocaust honorable. Uh, this is another one where he clearly didn't mean to say that, so give him the benefit of the doubt. But he claimed he was there during a visit to Israel to, quote, keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust. Now this one is one that I completely missed, but the story goes that I went on a, a, tr- a guy's trip right after this. happened on September 28th. I missed this story somehow. I think I had checked out of the news probably for that weekend to, to be away. And my buddies kept saying, they'd you know, be having a beer or whatever, and they'd just go, where's Jackie? Where's Jackie? And I didn't know what they were doing. I just thought they were just being dumb and telling an inside joke. They weren't telling an inside joke. They were telling a joke that everybody in America was privy to. I want to thank all of you here for including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was was going to be here to help make this a reality. And everybody, you can hear some shuffling even in the audience because right before he spoke, and apparently they did a in memoriam of this uh, person, Jackie Walorski, a former representative. She died uh, weeks after she, well, just before, in a car accident in her home state of Indiana. And he gets up there and he goes, yeah, I'm here to, uh, where is Jackie, by the way? Where's Jackie? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's terrible. That's terrible. Uh, those are Those are not just accidents that's somebody who's not with it um number nine we're almost number 10 here number nine a mental focus word salad now there are actually two clips from this 60 minutes interview i'm going to play the first one but the second one is a little more well known so here you go you are the oldest president ever pretty good shape huh which leads to my next question you are more aware of this than anyone some people ask whether you are fit for the job. And when you hear that, I wonder what you think. Watch me. And I mean, honest to God, that's all I think. Watch me. If you think I don't have the energy level or the mental acuity, then, then you know, that's one thing. That's another thing of just watching and, and, you know, keep my schedule. Do what I'm doing. I, I think that... Uh, you know, uh, I don't, when I sit down with our NATO allies and keep them together, I don't have them saying, wait a minute, well, how, how old are you? What are you, what did you say? You know, I mean, it's a matter of, you know, that old expression, the proof of the puddings and the eating. I mean, I, I, I respect the fact that people would say, you know, you're old. And, but I think it relates to how much energy you have and whether or not the job you're doing is one consistent with what any person of any age would be able to do. Yeah, he, he cleared that up. I mean, he put my worries to rest in that interview for sure, and especially with that answer. Uh, the the reporter, Scott Pelley, goes on to ask him one more question there. Uh, okay, so you just answered that. <clears throat> how is your mental focus? Just to be clear, I'm going to give you an opportunity here to clear that up. How is your mental focus? How would you say your mental focus is? 
Oh, it's focused. <laughs> I, say it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look, I have trouble even mentioning, even saying to myself my own head the number of years. I no more think of myself as being as old as I am than fly. I mean, it's just not, uh, uh, I haven't observed anything in terms of, there's not things I don't do now that I did before, whether it's physical or mental or anything else. Now, that doesn't make any sense at all and was a terrible answer. He actually he made the case for the question rather than answering the question. The last one on this list, worst moments for Biden 2022, and in some cases that means worst moments for America, is when he got lost on stage. Now, I actually pulled a different one because we've seen that happen several times. That wasn't just a one-time occurrence, but this one was... Well, it's not a one-time occurrence that he falls asleep, but in an interview with MSNBC was this year, and I pulled that one, and that to me is the number 10. I have not made that formal decision, but it's my intention, my intention to run again, and we have time to make that decision. Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Oh, Dr. Biden thinks that, uh, my wife thinks that, uh, that I uh, that that we're that we're doing something very important. It's just amazing, isn't it? I mean, the, we're in the middle of asking, "Are you fit to run again?" I mean, he's answering questions that are designed for him to put to rest these ideas, and he can't even answer those questions. He's exacerbating the problems when he gets asked those questions. Are you going to run again? He literally what looks like falls asleep, and I would I'm as I've done in this whole list. Try to give the guy the benefit of the doubt because you're looking at different camera angles in this one and they cut to a wide, I think deliberately, they probably cut to a wide when that question's being asked so you can't quite see what his eyes are doing. Then the reporter goes, Mr. President, oh, so he acknowledges something went wrong and when they cut to the close-up, you can see his eyes are shut and they're just starting to open as if he had legitimately just kind of fallen asleep or forgot what he was doing. That's a real thing. Uh, and that's coming from me who is trying hard to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. I don't know why um, his policies have been terrible, but, you know, it's just sad. It's sad to watch, and it's sad in, in so many other ways, one of those ways being that the media, you know if Trump had done any of these things, you would know all about it. Uh, the, the bleach comment. You know, these are things that are part of the, the public lexicon at this point. Yet these, from Biden, you know, I'm no longer going to be on the earth like as a fly. What the heck is that? Yet we don't really hear it. That's, that's the kind of stuff that makes you embarrassed for our media that's so one-sided. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Yes! <laughs> that's awesome. Bravo, and thank you. Uh, Carol, I tell you what, I uh, was very excited when you said yes to doing this interview, and I have been promoting it heavily. So this might be the most listened to 15 minutes on 97.1 all week. <laughs> well, thank you for playing Cats in the Cradle. That just made me smile ear to ear. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've actually been inviting Carol. My name is Ryan, by the way. I'm filling in for Annie Fry today. Um, I've been inviting our listeners in our live chat to ask questions throughout the show. And so I want to open with one, which is the reason that you're, uh, you know, promoting uh, what's going on here. This is from Jennifer. She says, ask Carol Baskin 
if she advocates for big cats only. No, sorry. Let me. I won't wait that one. That's not the one. It was uh, right below that. Ask Carol about Joe's appeal and Biden signing the big cat bill. Can you tell us anything about that? Well, I was glad to see that his appeal crashed and burned and that he is going to continue to live in a cage like all of those big cats that he bred for life in cages. And I couldn't be happier that Joe Biden has signed our Big Cat Public Safety Act into law so that there won't be hundreds of big cats bred, exploited, and then discarded into private hands. So that is why you're here talking to us today, is this Big Cat Public Safety Act. Is that the law that we're talking about with Joe Biden, or is this separate? Yes, that is the law. We have been working on that since the 90s, got part of it done in 2003, and have been trying ever since then to close the two big gaping loopholes, which was cub petting and private ownership, and that has finally been closed. Okay, so what what happens now? Places like we all saw on Tiger King that are, I guess, privately owned tiger zoos is, is the way I would put it. Are those no longer legal in the United States now? Zoos are still legal. So even the horrible ones that you saw in Tiger King, those have to have a USDA license in order to be open to the public, and they will continue to exist, unfortunately. But what they will not be able to do is breed hundreds of lions and tigers and liger cubs for people to have their pictures made with. And if they're not breeding hundreds of those big cats, then they won't be dumping them into private ownership. So those are the two things that will stop is the private ownership and the cruel practice of cub petting. And Carol, your advocacy has for a long time been that the kind of the dark underbelly is that they, they really loved having these tigers as, as babies. But then once they got older, they kind of made them go away. Is that kind of what what nobody wants to say, but is happening. Correct. So back in 2011, I worked with an intern from the International Fund for Animal Welfare, and we went through every social media post you could think of that had a picture of a cub. And tiger cubs have stripes that are unique, just like our fingerprints. And so we would look at maybe 200 photos of people having their picture made with a cub, but it might only be one cub in those 200 pictures. And so we were able to identify at least 200 separate tiger cubs that were being bred, used for about 12 weeks, and then dumped. Because once they get to be 12 weeks old, they can take a finger off a child. And they go from being an asset to a huge liability that costs Big Cat Rescue over $10,000 per year just in food and vet care. Mm. So let me ask you one of these questions online since we're on the topic. Um, Jennifer in our chat says, ask Carol Baxkin if she advocates for big cats only, or do you do anything to help smaller domesticated animals? Actually, my dream from the time that I was a child was to save domestic cats and kittens from being killed in shelters due to overpopulation. And so when I met my current husband, Howard Baskin, it was actually at a No More Homeless Pets convention where we were working on trying to have aggressive spay-neuter programs to keep those cats from being bred and discarded. Carol Baskin is on the phone with us here on The Annie Fry Show. I'm Ryan Wiggins filling in for Annie. Carol, I... When I saw your name come across the the PR wire, I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to talk to Carol Baskin because you're one of the only people, most people they um, who become famous, they're not overnight famous the way that you became famous. I mean, it was just suddenly everybody knew your name. 
And that is so rare to meet somebody that that's happened to that I just wanted to know what was the experience? We all experienced March 2020 in our own way, but it had to be very different for you. Yeah, I'm kind of a recluse, so I was really, it turned out to be a good time if I was going to be a household name that we were all locked in our rooms <laughs> and go outside much. But it has been really, really strange to have so many people come up to me and feel like they know me. But the thing I hear most from people is they say, you got me through COVID. And so even though they were probably hating on me the whole time, at least it gave them something else to think of rather than the horrible situation we were all going through. Yeah. What is it like to be, you know, the, <clears throat> the show certainly painted you as as the villain of the show. Well, although by the end, I didn't know who I was rooting for. <laughs> it was all over the place. But do you get people coming up to you and, and just, I mean, is there a lot of love? Is there a lot of hate? Is it a mix? I mean, what do you get? For the first three months after the show came out, my phone rang off the hook. Every five minutes, it was people screaming obscenities at me. But I think I was able to claw back my reputation as people learned that I'm actually trying to end all of that abuse that you guys saw in Tiger King and have been doing this for 25 years prior to this. And so all of the people that I have met in person have been just lovely. I mean, I, I could not tell you how much love there has been with all of the people that have come up to me and, again, you know, talked about how this helped get them through COVID. And it really helped in getting the federal bill passed because I was able to meet with about 100 lawmakers that I'm not their constituent. I, my, I'm from Florida. I only have the right to meet with my people. But a lot of them were willing to have me in because their offices had, you know, were full of people that knew about the show. And so that gave me the opportunity to talk about the big cats who I think were the real losers in Tiger King. Their their story was lost in the craziness. Hi, Carol. My name is Hannah Gibbs. I'm the associate producer for the Annie Fry Show. And I had a question. So we all know you from Tiger King, but you also were on Dancing with the Stars. What was your experience with being on that show? Was that what you expected? I had never danced prior to that, and I thought, how hard could it be? Gosh, was I wrong? (laughs) (laughs) These people are athletes. They they are really amazing, and that was some of the hardest physical work I've ever done. But the people there were just wonderful. And I really owe everybody at Dancing with the Stars for helping me to get the message out there about the big cats and the federal bill, because that was part of the negotiation with them was that I'll come and make a fool of myself if you'll let me talk about big cats. Yeah. I'm amazed at how many people actually, when I was talking about, Oh, we're going to have Carol Baskin on the show. They said, Oh, I know her from dancing on the, with the stars as much as tiger King. I mean, I, I had no idea that that show was as popular as tiger King was, which just landed, like you said, at the perfect time for people to be entertained by all the craziness of that show. So let me ask you a little bit more about the way, um, did you know that this was going to be even a Netflix show? Did they come or did a random producer come to you and say, Hey, we just want to film you and do a couple interviews, get you living your life. And then it becomes this thing that you didn't expect. Or did you kind of know, Oh, they're actually making a Netflix documentary out of this. Not necessarily that you knew it was going to be big, but you knew that it would be something. Actually, I didn't think it would be much because they had pitched it to me as being the blackfish for big cats. And I was all about wanting to do that. So we worked with them for five years talking about all of the abuse that these cats go through and all of the experts that they could talk to. And we were expecting it to be a documentary like Blackfish where 
very few people watch it, but at least it would finally be aired. And in the very end, they were marketing it as being called Stolen World, and it was being sold to CNN, which was the same uh, people that had released Blackfish. And then at the very end, CNN said they didn't want it. And so the producer said that they had sold it to Netflix. And I thought, you know, it's going to be one of those things that you never see. It's in their, like, back catalog of documentaries that nobody will ever see. And so I was really shocked that it turned out to be what it was. I mean, both in content and in popularity. Hey, Carol, this is Brad. I'm uh, the executive producer of The Annie Fry Show. And I was just sitting here. I wanted to go back to your uh bill that Biden had signed. I'm actually, I haven't watched Tiger King. I'm probably the only person on the face of the planet that hasn't seen it. But my question is, is I'm shocked that people were actually able to own, privately own big cats like tigers and lions and stuff like that. And how were the, how, why were they getting through these loopholes or what were these loopholes? Can you give me a little more specifics on those? So when we first started working on this back in the 90s, there were about four states that had any kind of laws about big cats. And now there's only five states that don't have any laws about big cats. So there's been a huge change over the years as far as the way people think about having uh, big cats in backyard cages. But it, it wasn't like people were slipping through a loophole. There just wasn't any federal legislation that protected those cats. And so what would happen is they're breeding hundreds of these cubs to use for cub petting. As soon as they get to be 12 weeks old and they can take a finger off a child, they would often just give them away to anybody who would take them. And then these people a year later would have a 200 or 300 pound apex predator in their backyard and they'd be turning to sanctuaries like ours asking them to get rid of these cats for them. And so there have been a, a network of sanctuaries that we've worked with over the years to try and rescue as many cats as we possibly could. But it was crazy because there were hundreds of them being dumped every year. And so we just had to turn off the faucets before we could fix this problem. And that's what the federal bill does. We've got Carol Baskin on the phone. Almost out of time. We tried to book Siegfried and Roy for the next segment just for a rebuttal, but they wouldn't do it. <laughs> um, Carol Baskin, I, I want to ask you before we run out of time, though, what a lot of people in the chat are asking is, you know, they know you from the show. They know you from that that web of relationships between you and the characters in that show. But they're real. I mean, th- these are real people, and you really did have these arguments. What is your relationship with anybody from that show, specifically with Joe at this point? I mean, is there any? You know, that was one of the things that I thought was just the craziest about Tiger King is that it was portrayed as being a feud between Joe Exotic and me. I've never even spoken to Joe. Wow. Wow. My, yeah. My husband, Howard Baskin, is the person who handled the lawsuit against him when he started using our name and the multi-million or the million dollar judgment against him and the collection efforts that we went through. And so, you know, if they had posed this as a feud between this animal abuser and my husband, who is a Harvard MBA with a law degree, then they're just, it wouldn't have been the entertaining thing that they were able to create by making it um, kind of a man versus woman. It was very misogynistic in its approach. And using the tragedy of my husband disappearing back in the 90s as a way of giving them some kind of credibility for what they were doing, because Nobody would look at the things they were doing and say that they had any right to treat animals that way. So they had to give them some excuse for their bad behavior. 
Well, Carol Baskin, we appreciate you giving us some time here in St. Louis, Missouri today. Where do you want people to follow up with you? Is it bigcatrescue.org? It is. Thank you. So bigcatrescue.org slash smile is one place you can go if you want to follow up on any things that you heard today to find out more. And Carol, it seems like you're pretty accessible. So that's, that's cool. Thanks for doing that. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, appreciate your time. That was fun. Well, thanks. If you want to rewind, if you just tuned in and you heard us talking to Carol Baskin and you want to hear the whole thing, you can rewind on the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star shopify powers 10 of all e-commerce in the u.s and shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, rothy's and brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries plus shopify's award-winning 24 7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Well, that was fun. The Carol Baskin thing. I've had more comments on that than I, I think anything I've ever done here. We're going, what? Why Carol Baskin? I'm asking the same question. I have no idea. It was just kind of a weird, fun thing to do. Uh, and whenever a name pops up like that and they actually will do the interview, why not? Especially when they do it live. So that was fun. That was on Wednesday. Um, I want to turn before we hit the end of the show here. And thanks for tuning in this weekend. Even though it is a holiday weekend, getting back into the swing of things here soon. I don't even want to say that. I don't want to say getting back into the swing of things. Let's just... Keep extending the holiday season for as long as possible and not getting back into the swing of things, right? But (laughs) here is a thread that I found on Twitter, and it's based on a story that I saw a while ago, and he's citing that story. So this was somebody who looked at the LinkedIn 
LinkedIn profiles of former FBI agents to see how many of them crossed over into being Twitter employees and vice versa. How many Twitter employees went back to FBI? Because there's this collusion thing. All these organizations and these big companies, they're real cozy with each other. And they're not supposed to be. One is supposed to be a check on the other. For instance, the CDC is not supposed to be in bed with Moderna. But yet, you have the CEO of Pfizer used to work at the NIH and the CDC. I mean, I'm not citing, I'm not saying this is exactly what happened, but these kinds of things happen over and over and over where it's like a revolving door that if you work at one of the major pharmaceuticals, then you get a job at the CDC and then you go back to a different pharmaceutical and just over and over and over and over. And we're talking at the high levels of these things. So they're just. They're just there to support each other. One is there to provide supposedly unbiased verification to the public on behalf of the company. And the company is there to influence the quote-unquote unbiased organization, the regulatory agency, into giving them more leeway. Boy, have we ever seen that during COVID. I mean, there's so many things that have been exposed that have always been going on, or at least have been going on for years, but now we see them. So this is another one of those. This is Twitter employees who work with the revolving door with the FBI and other agencies. Now, now after that report, this guy went on to report on Facebook, because it's not, of course, you know it's not just Twitter. It's all these big tech companies that have so much power and influence over the narrative, the message that Americans are receiving. That's the exact opposite of what big tech is supposed to be. It's supposed to open the door. And they've, in fact, pretended to open the door for a long time while they were actually closing it, giving you the illusion that you were getting unbiased information. We all knew that this stuff was happening, but we didn't know to what extent. We certainly didn't know the government's involvement in it. So here it is. Facebook currently employs, and I'm quoting here from this guy's Twitter thread, uh, currently employs at least 115 people in high-ranking positions that formerly worked at the FBI, CIA, NSA, DHS. Now, those you'd think with medicine... There's a crossover. With Pfizer, you'd know a lot about medicine. So the CDC may, I'm not saying this is what happens, but the CDC may say, oh, you actually know quite a bit. Let's have you on our team because there's crossover of knowledge. But with social media, why do you need to have a background at the CIA to work at Facebook? There's no reason for it other than the control of information to... Only say what the state wants you to hear. 17 CIA agents, this is all at Facebook, 35 FBI agents, 23 former NSA agents, and 38 former DHS. All but a few of these former intelligence agents were hired by Facebook after the 2016 presidential election and after the FBI established their social media focused task force. As Matt Taibbi detailed the Twitter files part six, we know there was massive coordination of censorship between the FBI and Twitter during the 2020 and 2022 election. So that just now. So who's controlling misinformation, which is how they control the information. They say it's misinformation censorship at Facebook. There's a similar coordination between Facebook and the intelligence community. 
The following is a list obtained through publicly available LinkedIn profiles. So it's probably more than this. These are just the people that are on LinkedIn and putting this stuff in their profiles. A former CIA, FBI, NSA, DHS that are currently working at Facebook. At least 10 work in the trust and safety misinformation department. Many of the LinkedIn profiles are private, so those will not be posted. But the numbers are still there. So this person goes on to detail every single person that he found at Facebook. And I love that he's doing this. And I love that he's doing it with all these. Now, at some point, people are going to catch on and they're going to start taking this stuff out of their profiles on LinkedIn. But until they do, he's, he's got a great source here of people posting their own information, their own publicly available information to show just how cozy this relationship is. And that is why it's our weekly... It's not really weekly, but it's our tale from the dark side. There is, unseen by most, an underworld. A place that is just as real, but not as brightly lit. A dark side. Once again, just to conclude here, we're talking about 115 people in high-ranking positions currently employed at Facebook. This isn't everybody that's ever done this, and it's certainly probably not even a full list. But 115 people right now at Facebook controlling what you see on Facebook who used to work for the CIA, 17 of them, used to work for the FBI, 37 of them, used to work for the NSA, 23 of them, and used to work for the DHS, 38 of them. The only reason to do that is to control thought, to control what you're seeing. And in the past, maybe even currently, sometimes what the CIA wants you to see is in America's best interest. And a lot of times, what the CIA wants you to see is in the CIA's best interest. And more recently, what we're seeing is that when the CIA or FBI or NSA want you to see something, it's in the Democrats' best interest. That's not a stretch. We've seen that. The Twitter files have revealed that. It's a huge concern, and the question is always, well, why isn't the media talking about this? This is a huge story. A crazy billionaire bought the company and then exposed all their private information and said, here, take it, run with it. Please, somebody report on this. And the major institutions, the legacy media, the mainstream media, whatever you want to call them, they haven't even touched it. Therefore, a lot of people who just watch CNN or MSNBC or even ABC or CBS, they don't even know this stuff is happening. It's so sad what journalism has become because it's just an arm of the state. They're willingly just reporting what the state wants them to report or vice versa. The state marches in lockstep with the media and they together create a narrative because they're that powerful. Well, it takes this kind of thing to expose it and it's sad that it does, but at least it is happening. I don't know how often a billionaire is going to be able to purchase a company. Uh, Jeff Bezos, I'm looking at you. You purchased the Washington Post. Why don't you show all of their internal communications? Are you afraid of doing that? I think you probably are. I mean, he just wants to make money and control the narrative. It's You don't buy a newspaper like the Washington Post because you're just interested. You buy it because you can control the narrative. With Twitter... He's not doing that. He's, he's censored some people, but he's not doing it as much. He's certainly trying to create a, 
uh, free speech platform. He's censored people who are doxing, which if you don't, if you've heard that word, you don't know what it means. It means that they're sharing private information of people who don't want their information shared. They're sharing home addresses, um, personal information of people, their whereabouts that they don't want shared. And you can't do that. And he's saying that's why he's going to ban people. I think he's done a messy job of that, but I do applaud him for doing everything he's done. He's got to be on the enemies list now. and <laughs> He's going full in it. He doesn't care anymore. You can tell by his tweets. So anyway, just wanted to update you on that revolving door. It's something that I'm watching, have been watching for a long time, especially in the COVID era. Man, what a couple years it's been. I just hope that there's light at the end of this tunnel. I think you know the answer to that question. I, I say it all the time. The light at the end of the tunnel is not political. The light is the light of the world. And so many of us are realizing that this is a dark, dark world. And the only light really is that light, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ. When you look at that light, you go, oh, maybe there is hope. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a good place to be. It's not, it's not necessarily preferable the way we've gotten there. But sometimes that's what it takes, doesn't it? Isn't it? That's where we are. This is Wiggins America. I sure do thank you for tuning in if you want to get this show. We always do post the podcast on Monday, usually a little late. Sorry about that, but that's the way it is. We post it on Monday, so get get hour one, get hour two, and uh, see if you like it. I think that if you tune in, you probably do. You can always get the Odyssey app and rewind on there. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm definitely staying on Twitter now, at Radio Wiggins. I would say you can find me on Facebook. Maybe I'm off the radar enough that they don't care. And you can message me on there. Appreciate when you message me. Love reading those back to you. And we'll see you next week. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.